Welcome everyone to another episode of Church Talks. I have a friend with me. She's not with me. Well, I think we're in the same city right now currently, <laughs> but we are not in the same room or in the same house. Uh, but this is Katie Thornton, everybody. Everybody, welcome, Katie. Hello. <laughs> I love the clap. That was great. I know. I, I want to make sure that's always like in the microphone so people can hear it because I know <laughs> that they are cheering also. Uh, so, Katie, I, yeah. need, I need three facts about you, and I need two of them to just be like, you know, everyday facts, and I need one of them to be something that we would not expect to know about you. Oh, okay. Um, so everyday facts. I feel like everybody knows I have a thousand children. So facts. <laughs> yeah. Though not literally. I mean, sometimes I feel that way. No, I um I do have six, actually technically seven that I claim as my own. I have a, a bonus daughter from my first marriage I also claim. So Okay. Um that's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you literally drive a party bus as it's your true. everyday vehicle. Yeah. Like, absolutely well pull up into church and I see that I'm like man somebody brought a party bus to church like oh no that's just Katie's van yep exactly <laughs> right I'm gonna tell you that van has come in useful so that I mean that's a good fact right there we literally do drive a 15 passenger van yep and I can I mean I'm telling you I probably um like with kids <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I fill it up with gas too that's a whole other story but I fill it up <laughs> with kids um absolutely. on the reg you know what I mean I always have almost every seat filled so that's kind of cool um yeah so there's one yep so there's one um let's see I mean I think everybody pretty much knows this but I feel like I've been I mean really I've been in youth ministry for like over two decades and that makes me feel and sound super super old but it's true (laughs) I really have been in youth ministry for that long (laughs) so that's kind of crazy wow okay um and let's see I I mean a fact that nobody would really know about me. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Um, okay, this is crazy and random. I was a pretty, I mean, I was a goody goody two shoes for the most part growing up. But when I was five years old, I did steal a pack of like strawberry bubble gum from Kmart. <gasps> and I will, yeah, and I will never forget it because my mom marched me back in there. And the Kmart manager pretty much made me feel like I was about to go to jail. And so <laughs> I have never stolen anything since. They are they have to be trained, I think, to do that. <laughs> right? To like put the fear of God in these kids to not steal anything else. They yeah. gotta be. I mean, There's okay, well that makes me feel a little bit better because I'm pretty sure it was a Werther's that I stole <laughs> one time. It was like back in the day where like the grocery stores had like a you know how we like when you go into a candy store you can use a scooper. Right. And like put stuff in a bag, like that's how, like that's how it was in the grocery store. So they did yeah. it by weight, like in ounces. Mm-hmm. And I just took one and just ate it while I was in the store. I'm not really sure how my parents didn't see it, but <laughs> I, they never know. I mean, I, I don't think they know to this point. I mean, I if mean... they are listening to this podcast, they know now. But I definitely <laughs> ate that Werther's and didn't pay for it. <laughs> and I bet you it was <sighs> delicious. I mean, Werther's. I mean, they're good. They are good. Oh, what is? What's your favorite candy? Is it the strawberry gum? No, actually, what's really funny is I really. I mean, I hate fruity candy. I'm a chocolate girl, but my favorite okay. candy is peanut M&Ms. I, and honestly, uh, yeah. I consider them a meal because <laughs> a peanut is protein, you know? It is. So yeah. there you go. It's and then healthy. there's dairy in the chocolate. Exactly. So. I mean, and, and really, 
chocolate kind of comes from a bean too. So there you go. It's yeah. vegetables. It's everything that you need in Man. a delicious little candy shell. Well, I know what my dinner's going to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so you did just basically say a whole mouthful with those three facts, um, especially the third one. That really lets us know so much about your character. Uh, so, but with, with the first two things, those are things that I knew about you. And right. I, I, I kind of like, I'm ashamed to say that, like, I don't know that much more about you. I know that, like, when you spoke at church several weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. gosh, it's probably been a few months ago now, but... Um, but I think I actually sat on the floor for, yeah. for one or both. I'm not sure which service I was at, but I think I sat on the floor and you had me and I'm sure everybody else laughing in one second <laughs> and crying in another and like <laughs> cheering. Like, I think I even cheered at some point. Like you, you just, you have a very um, distinct and unique gift of communicating, whether that's from a platform uh, you know, behind a microphone or whether it's just literally, like you said, I mean, you are surrounded by kids and teenagers yes. all during the week, all and, the time, you know, all, I mean, you, you don't have, I don't even know if you can like go pee like without snow, like blowing your all. phone up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I mean, even with that, teenagers have their own vernacular, like, yeah. and it changes every, I don't know. I was going to say every couple of years, but really it's like every couple of weeks. It I mean, truly is. You yeah. got You got to keep up with it. And I don't know how you do it because your ages range from your youngest kid is. He'll be four next week. And that's Tate, right? Yep. That's Tate. Tate, Tate mm-hmm. James. And then your oldest is. She'll be 18 on Sunday. <laughs> so four to 18. <laughs> yeah. And then most of your teenagers at church or your youth at church are teenagers. Yeah. So right. you have to learn how to communicate in a four-year-old's language and also yep. an 18-year-old. And then, you know, those of us that are in our. 30s because we're we're still you're still in your 30s right no actually i just turned 40 dang you year. did that's why I you know. went skydiving yeah, dude. <sighs> okay i forgot awesome. you did Hold you went skydiving yeah we'll get to that later i mean <laughs> you're freaking 40 and you went skydiving and you went to hawaii all... yeah that was all within two weeks of each other yeah. I want to go back to Hawaii so bad. <laughs> Me too. It was, oh, it was yeah. this time exactly a year ago that I went and it's just like, it, I'm oh. itching for it. Right. But anyway, so back to you being a fantastic and effective communicator. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you on my podcast is one, because I love your story. Um, two, because I love your hair. And everyone that's listening has a disadvantage because they cannot see you. This is not a video podcast, but you have (laughs) bright red hair. I do. And as of just a few weeks ago, you now have bangs. Yeah, I did it myself. The total Britney (laughs) Spears moment. Yeah, my my 18-year-old, she came, like almost 18-year-old, she comes in the bathroom. She goes, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, listen, okay, I wanted it and I'm going to do it right now. Right. There you go. and so you did it. Mm-hmm. So, so those are two. And the third reason is because I know that when I have somebody on here that all we can do is speak. Um, right. Like, you know, we don't have, we don't have the, the nonverbal communication. We don't have body language. Uh, we can't see your facial expressions, but you have such a way of communicating, even with just your words. Like when I hear you laugh, I see your face. <laughs> and if you don't snort at some point <laughs> in this episode, <laughs> contagious you gotta watch out man i can say disclaimer disclaimer for everyone listening um katie may or may not snort in her (laughs) laughter 
Likely. likely. <laughs> yes. But I just, I appreciate that you, you've spoken into my life. Um, you've, you've prayed with me. You've, you've cried, I think, while talking to me and anybody that tears up while t- talking to me is just, I don't know, like God's <laughs> doing something in your life and it just oozes out of you and kind of just like lava just <laughs> burns the heart of everybody that you touch. Oh, wow. So, uh, so moving on though, cause you know, I don't want you to get a big head about, right, right. I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have a couple questions, and this is going to lead into our conversation. But um, so this is a two part question. Mm-hmm. One is, what is the biggest challenge that you have had to overcome this week? And then the part two is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in the last year. Mm, so cool. let's let's start with this week. Sure. So, you know, I work in now. I'm a full time youth pastor, um, and so I, the biggest challenge I've had to overcome this week is, and this sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's just drama. Um, everywhere you turn. With teenagers? With, no, no, it was adults. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on people, get it together. Right, right. But but the the reality is everywhere you go, there are people and people are imperfect. And, you know, um, we don't always communicate effectively or, um, people, you know, feelings get hurt anyway. So, it was like one thing after another, like one drama situation after another, after another, which really conflict is part of life. Uh So learning how I've had to really learn how to um, see things. Jeff Lynch loves to say like from the 30,000 point view or whatever. Um, (laughs) I've really had to learn to do that. Like, even if I'm, even if it's not personally about me or I'm not personally involved, but I'm helping somebody mediate through something yeah. to be able to have the perspective to be like, okay, guys, let's rise above what's happening and let's try to figure out like, what is the actual root cause and how can we find a way to meet, you know, meet in like a point of resolution. Um, and that's hard because mm-hmm. emotions they're hard to manage sometimes, you know, and um, I am always careful. I never want to make somebody feel like their feelings are not being validated. Mm -hmm. But I also at the same time, of course, want to make sure that people are being treated with kindness and compassion and grace. And so um, trying to juggle that kind of stuff in just your everyday work life or your everyday (laughs) home life. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's one thing to manage all of the emotions that any of us can have on any given day. But what I've learned, like, you know, in my therapy sessions is that a lot of people don't even know how to identify them. That's right. Um, or, or vocalize them or, you know, put vocabulary to them. So it's like, Mm -hmm. how can we manage what we're feeling and experiencing if we don't even know what it is? Right. So it's like, Hey, let's just like welcome all the emotions. Like, let's just feel them. And then let's go to what my therapist shows me as the feelings wheel. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The feelings wheel. And it has like, I mean, I think it's 87 of them that are on this feelings wheel. And I think adults could, it is. And we could feel, <laughs> we could feel like a majority of those all at one time, which is sure. wild. Yeah. So adults, teenagers, everybody like could benefit from something like that because otherwise Absolutely. you're gonna have a lot of drama and a lot of pride and it's just like hey can we all yep. just take a breather for a minute that's exactly <laughs> right what's that saying like everybody is fighting their own battle you know and yeah 
And when you realize that, like, okay, I'm having a bad day, maybe this person was too, or maybe I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And so I always try to even, no, when I say I always try, like, obviously I have times when I fail. And most often that's with my husband. But anyway, that's like a whole other story. (laughs) But um, I do, I try to keep that in mind. Like, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes with this person. So maybe, you know, Grace. I'm a, I'm a big grace person. Like I try really hard to extend grace as right. often as possible because you just never know what's going on. So you do. Yeah. Thank you for, for leading that way because it's, it's demonstrative in a way that we can follow when you lead by mm. example. So thank you for that. Ooh. I can only do so, it, man, because it's what was given to me, dude, you know, right. <laughs> same. Anyway. So, so part two. Yeah. For the last year, what's been, the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome, or maybe you're still overcoming. Maybe it's one of those things where, yeah, <laughs> yeah. constant. Yeah. Um, so this is wild. So I, I've been a mom for obviously like my oldest daughter's 18, but when I married my first husband, he already had a daughter. And so I've really been a mom for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a little less than 10 years ago, I went through divorce. And so I was in this crazy custody battle for about seven of those 10 years. And so I didn't have my kids all the time. Um, I had, you know, we, I had to juggle like the whole like custody schedule thing. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have all my kids all the time <laughs> under the same roof. Yeah, you and do. It's right. And it's super. I'm like, I'm like, this is everything I've prayed for. But mm-hmm. then there are some days I'm like, oh, my God, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> like what is wrong with you guys? I'm, I'm guessing that your current husband, Jason, knew full well what he was getting into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. oh, man. I tried to scare him off, you know? like It wouldn't like, have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, so, like, I already have four kids, you know? Oh, um, man. And then when we found out we were pregnant, I was horrified. I was like, no. <laughs> I was already done with babies. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... I couldn't imagine life without Tate James, of course. Right. But um, yeah, it's been, anytime you blend families together, it's going to be difficult um, Mm -hmm. and have its, you know, complications. But for us, not only blending, but really the kids have kind of walked through a total transformation in their daily lives. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been, there have been moments where I have been like, was this, is this what I've been praying for? You know what I'm saying? Not in a bad way, but like, this isn't what I, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so um, really having to dive into like my psychology background with my degree and and thinking through like, okay, you know, this kid, I'm I'm having to kind of undo some things or I'm having to um, teach my almost 14 year old son, like, what does it look like to manage anger appropriately? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what does it look like for him to have a stepdad that absolutely loves him and he just doesn't know how to receive that love from a father, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's been hard and man, it's, it's heart wrenching some days. And then there's other days when it all comes together and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that, <laughs> that we're here to do this together. And then there's other days where I'm like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> We won't ask you which which one of those days outweighs the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Wow. Well, I don't think yeah. that I knew that you had a psychology degree. Yeah. So that's another way that you and I are similar, which, you know, I think I intended to 
get a master's degree and become a professional counselor. And now I'm like, I'm really glad that I didn't because I'm going crazy enough just sitting with myself in my own therapy (laughs) session. Oh man. The self-analyzation. Yeah. It's it's terrible. So that's, and that makes so much sense as to just like, I I think if you, if you have a heart to understand like human behavior and the mindsets Mm -hmm. behind it, then that probably means that you're going to have a higher level of grace and compassion in your heart. uh, Cause you want to understand more than like change everyone and, you know, try to just get people to, like understand where we're coming from. And it's like, no, I want to understand you. I want to know the why behind what you're doing and what you're saying. And exactly. um, And then also like getting back to communication to communicate that back to you. So that maybe like, I know with me, I didn't know why I was doing a lot of things until my therapist just kept asking me questions. And then I literally, it's like I enlightened myself Mm -hmm. just by answering questions. And I'm like, Oh man, that's why I've been doing this. That's why I'm like, you know, what is it? The not preconceived, but like, um, oh, what is it called? Like pre pre wired. Um, oh yeah. Whatever it's called. Like that's like my natural inclination to, to think or do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes so much more sense when somebody who is smarter than I am <laughs> just like turn the light on. Like, this well, is I, f- I find like, I, I'm like, I'll give somebody, I'll be giving someone the advice about something. And then I'm like, Oh crap. I don't, I don't do that for myself, you know, but like, Dude, I know it but for myself. I don't like, I, I give everybody else grace. And, um, but when it comes to myself, I am so hard on myself. I don't give myself grace. I don't give myself a chance to process things. You know, I just don't. Why are we I, like I, this? I don't know. Why don't are know, we man. <laughs> Cause frustrating. You, you know, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like we are just rolling down the river in that same boat. But, uh, Callie, and I think I I heard my dad say something recently and he of course was quoting somebody else. Um, but it was that like a Pharisee is hard on everybody, everybody else, but light on themselves. Mm -hmm. And then a Jesus follower is, or it wasn't me, it was a Jesus follower, but like, you know, somebody else that's being more humble is very hard on themselves, but then gracious to everybody else. Right. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to be uh, more on the religious side of like trying to just cast judgment on whoever and and throw stones or whatever. But at the same time, it's like all of that, that maybe somebody else is doing for other people. Like I do to myself, like I throw stones at myself. I know. Uh, Me too. And then it's terrible. And then it's just like a downward spiral. And sometimes it it takes somebody and I'm sure you have a somebody in your Mm -hmm. life that knows like they can just tell even without you saying anything, like they can tell that something's going on and that maybe yeah. the downward spiral is starting. And I'm sure it's probably Jason. Yeah. <laughs> your husband. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's and that can just kind of like kind of bring you out of it and not yeah. like a frying pan, <laughs> skillet frying pan through the head, but right. like a handhold, like, Hey, let's walk out of this together. Oh yeah. It's Game crazy changer. that you say that because yesterday I had like a moment. So I'm like, I've been through therapy. I've done um, celebrate recovery, you know, get over those mm-hmm. hurts, hangups and ha- uh, habits or whatever, whatever yeah. that's, whatever the phrase is. That's it. <laughs> um, oh yeah. You're going to get it right. Um, but I've done all that. And so you, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm healed. You know, like <laughs> nothing's going to bother me. And then <laughs> there was a situation yesterday and, and look, when you're divorced and you've got kids together, like there's always going to be these little like speed bumps, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was a little conversation 
that I'm saying conversation, but you know, like that's like in quotation marks, like mm, mm, mm-hmm. conversation. Right. Yesterday, and I found myself immediately taken back like 10, 12 years ago. Wow. And instant panic sets in, instant anxiety. And I call my husband, he's at work, and I'm just like a blubbering idiot on the phone. You know, I'm like yelling. I'm crying. I'm like, I can't do this again. Mm. You know, I'm just freaking mm-hmm. out. And I finally, I'm like, I, I think I even hung up on him, to be honest. Oh, and <laughs> it like, happens. Almost, like almost <laughs> immediately, he texts me and he says, hey, I am for you. I'm right here. Nothing's going to hurt you again. Mm. And mm. just, I mean, the, he knew. He didn't have, I didn't have to say to him, like, where that had taken me or the fear that I instantly had. He knows my story. He knows what I've been through. And so he knew what I needed to hear in that moment. And it immediately allowed me like that self-awareness where I could stop the downward spiral. Because when you, like I've struggled with anxiety my whole life, but I've been through some trauma. And so it makes it worse. And if I allow myself, man, I will spin out of control. And in straight into panic. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm honest with my students about that. I'm like, this is, I'm not preaching to y'all something that I don't deal with, you know, like mm-hmm. it's real life. And so putting God's word in your heart, putting people in your life that, you know, will help keep you centered. Like that's vital because yeah. life is not going to be easy. And the devil knows exactly which buttons to push to take mm-hmm. you right back to like those, like you said, those old coping mechanisms where that, where your body is kind of wired to react a certain way. Um, yeah. It's tough, dude. But I, I, that's where I'm so thankful that I have told all of my stories. You know, like my husband knows everything. And so yeah. he can pull me right back out. And then he can say, he'll call Jack. I need you to go tell you <laughs> she needs to get out of the house and meet you at length. You know, like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Well, it's, yeah. it's, so, it's crazy that you say that because. When I was texting you yesterday and and you said that my text was some of the best news that you had gotten all day, and I'm like, dang, like, yeah, <laughs> who knew that a text right didn't have that much power? But literally, while I was in conversation with you, an- another friend texted me, and just a- we hadn't even been in a conversation. It was just a random text that said, just when you think you've healed from from a past trauma, like bam, it just comes back and just hits you in the face. Like literally in that same, while I was talking to you, this text comes in. And of course I'm texting back and was like, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And she said, you know, it's just, I don't even, you can tell your story, whatever it is, but it may be something similar to this with like family abandonment issues. Mm. Um, I mean, it could be emotional abuse, physical abuse, uh, Mm. you know, whatever it is. And it was just like, I don't, I don't even know. She didn't even tell me what happened. She said, I don't really want to talk about it, but I just right. needed, I just needed to tell this to somebody. Right. And, you know, and I'm always glad to be that person. Like, Hey, <laughs> you exactly. can tell oh, me, vent yeah, to me. Too. I don't know. Cuss me out. Scream. Yes. At me. I don't care. I feel the so, same way. I'm like, I always tell people the same. Like you can, yeah. you're not going to tell me anything that's going to scare me away. Like dump whatever you need to dump on me and I'll carry it for you. You know, like I'll help I mean, you through it. We might not be a licensed counselor and we're not getting paid for it, but when, when you're in youth ministry, I think that's like one of the prerequisites. Yeah. (laughs) Like go ahead and you're signing up to be a punching bag and a sounding board and a counselor and a taxi driver and all kinds of Oh gosh, yes. (laughs) Cheerleader. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and again, it's just, we never know what somebody's going through. And so I had no idea what your day was looking like when I texted you. 
Right. Um, same thing with my other friend. And so again, like it gets back to just giving grace, showing kindness mm-hmm. to everybody at all times. Like we don't always deserve it. And it doesn't matter if they do or not. Like mm-hmm. ultimately that's the best, it's the best thing we could do. Absolutely. It so, really is. It really is. And you, you may or may not want to like get into some of the, the stuff that has kind of shaped and molded mm-hmm. um, who you are now that has kind of made you, I don't even want to say resilient because I think that's kind of a, I don't know, that's a touchy word for me because I think some people consider resilience to be like sticking something out when maybe they shouldn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe they actually had a way out and they thought right. like, no, I just got to push through this, push through this one. Really? it was kind of more harmful to them to stay in it. So I don't want to say like resilience as this huge, like great thing. Cause sometimes it's, it's, it's not like, right. You're right. So anyway, but do you want to share any of, uh, of the things that you've been through that have not only like obviously shaped and affected who you are Mm -hmm. now, but has also made you, you know, just maybe more relatable to, especially the, the teenagers that you, um, are with on a daily basis or either other women, like, do you oh, want to share I, any of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I, gosh, like, I am constantly amazed every single day that I'm where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a point in the last 10 years, or oh, several, several times in the last 10 years where I think I was pretty close to the end, you know, and wow. um, I just, I mean, like I said earlier, I grew up, a, I grew up a preacher's kid. I was a good kid. I really didn't get into any trouble. I had I mean, I had a great childhood, really. I mean, like, my mom's crazy, but, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just joking. I love her. I don't think she'll, I don't think she'll hear this because I don't think she knows what podcasts are. But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, I mean, I had a good, you know, I had a good childhood. And I've always, like, I knew I was going, I wanted to go into student ministry when I was a teenager myself and um, went straight into it, really, right, even in college and so I'm, I'm living this life in ministry and then um, I meet my, my um, ex-husband and we get married and we start a family. And so I'm in ministry. I have a family. Um, and like I said, everything really had been pretty good growing up, but I didn't realize some of the issues maybe that I had or that happened in our home um, kind of created an environment where I thought like um, kind of like a sense of control was normal. Or mm-hmm. that um, there being kind of, I don't want to say uh, like a dominating personality in a home, but that's kind of what it was. Yeah. Um, my mom was that person. She liked to be in control. She did things her way. You know, like there was just no gray area. And uh, I, I, for some reason, I ended up marrying somebody very much like her. And I just didn't even know it. And so for years... I just kind of did what I was told and things got worse and worse and worse. And so we were married for almost 10 years. And by the end of that 10 years, um, I had had multiple phones broken where he just broke a phone and was like, no, you're not going to have contact with anybody or um, had things thrown at me. I wasn't allowed to have friends that he didn't know. I wasn't allowed to be by myself anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of restrictions. And so, um, as it progressed and got worse and worse, I, I received wise counsel and it was from um, a pastor. It was my pastor at the time I was working at a church and he said, Katie, um, what happens when he runs out of things to break? Whew. 
Um, because up to, up to that point, he hadn't really touched me. It was very verbally abusive. He put me down, you know, no one else is going to want you. You've had four kids. You're ugly. Well, you know, like all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he would just kind of repeat to me over and over again. And, oh, and on top of that, like everything was in his name. So he was like, if you leave, like the oh, car's man. mine, the, the phone's mine, you know, everything's Jeez. mine. Yeah. So that, I mean, my, when my pastor said that to me, I was like, he's right. And so that started what I thought, I thought <laughs> that I was leaving that abusive situation and everything would be better. And what I found was that, that my ex-husband was able to quite honestly use the court system as a way of continued abuse. Uh. Um, and so I spent, like I said, a good seven years in and out of court with him. And I just broke down and fell apart. I, I ran away from God. I thought, God, what have I ever done wrong? You know, like yeah. I wanted to serve you my whole life. And I, and I loved you my whole life. Like I can't even mm-hmm. remember a time when I didn't love him. And, and this was, this is what I get. And wow. so I went through a mo- like several years where I, I didn't touch a Bible. I didn't listen to Christian music. I didn't go to a church. I mean, I was pretty much at a, I mean, I don't know if like, it's okay to say on your podcast, but I was like, Screw <laughs> you it. could like, say even more than that. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want any part of this mess. And sure. Um, so I was like 32 and I was, I went, I went through like a party phase and, um, started dating a guy and this is crazy, but this is the honest truth. I have only recently realized through, um, partnering together with bikers against trafficking, my eyes have been opened to a lot more than I ever knew existed. Um, Mm -hmm. or actually it just gave a name to a lot more then I kind of understood. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I, um, anyways, I started dating a guy in the middle of all this craziness. I'm going to court with the ex-husband. I'm fighting for custody, but at the same time, I'm kind of spiraling out of control into the party scene. And I meet this guy and to be quite honest, I went through a point in my life where I was being trafficked. Wow. And it has only been recently that I was able to put a name to that. Mm. Um, I was put into really sexually abusive situations and I became extremely suicidal, um, and just wanted everything to be over. Mm. (sighs) It was rough. And I thankful every day that I have a daddy who not once judged me in all of this. So my dad, I think my dad knew a lot more about what was going on than he ever really said out loud. Yeah, but he never he never made me feel like I was less than whoever, you know, than who I was before. Mm-hmm. He still took care of me and helped me with the kids, he and my mom both. And for those seven, eight years, he was so patient. And every day for the rest of my life, I will be thankful that my dad really embodied um, the patience and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day I just, I'll never forget it. We we're like, I decided to go take the kids with um, to my dad's church where he was pastoring at the time. And we're sitting in like this bluegrass Southern gospel music <laughs> night. And I was like, yeah, Heck yeah. okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> and um, 
they're singing and I look over and Christopher, which I'm trying to remember how old Christopher was at the time. He's my 13 year old son. I want to say he was like, oh, maybe eight, maybe. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I look at Christopher and he has tears streaming down his face. I mean, like bawling his eyes out. And Mm. I'm like, what's wrong? You know, are you okay? And he's like, I just want Jesus. Mm. And it was just like, like a light, you know, it was like just something flipped. The switch flipped. Now I know that bluegrass can minister to somebody. (laughs) There you go. I was, I was really wondering who it was for. And now I know it was was Christopher. Christopher. Okay. So, and that was kind of like the turnaround point. And so anyway, we ended up, we were going back to church with my dad. I um, finally had like a, like a good paying job. And um, I got, I left the toxic relationship. Thank God. I mean, that was rough. Like I'm talking like, um, like restraining order <laughs> rough yeah. and wow. get out of that. And then I meet Jason Thornton and I fell head over heels, even though I didn't want to. And, <laughs> um, and somehow in the middle of all that, I uh, was introduced to Jeff and Jackie Lynch at Compassion Church and, when I say the rest is history, it's, it's true. Like, I think that God was like, here, here, here you are. Here's your people. Like, mm-hmm. these are the people that I'm going to put in your life to help get you back to a place uh, of, of restoration, to show you what it looks like to be freed from all of that hurt, from all of that pain and the, the abuse. It's all over. And they've really walked me through that whole process. And I'll forever be thankful um, to all of them just yeah. for loving me right where I was. And um, so I guess that's why I am who I am, you know, like mm-hmm. I, uh, I never thought I'd ever be in ministry again. I thought that I had disqualified myself. I never thought I'd ever be able to have a happy marriage because I thought I didn't deserve it. Um, I never thought I'd be able to have kids who were just lo- loving some Jesus, like hmm. doing great in life because I thought I'd messed them up, <clears throat> you know? And so, God has God has shown me that's not true. So the like that period in your life where you were, I guess you were recently separated or divorced. How old mm-hmm. were your kids at the time? Sierra was nine. Um, mm-hmm. So they they're like stair steps. So they were like nine, seven, five, and three. Wow. And now they are eighteen, sixteen, almost eighteen, sixteen. Christopher will be fourteen, and Alina will be twelve. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's been about. They were young, but Aline, um, Sierra and Dean were old enough that they have still continued, I think, to suffer some of the kind of post-traumatic stress that kind of mm-hmm. comes from being in in and around a lot of trauma through that point in their childhood. And so yeah. that's something I'm thankful that they are so free and talking to me dean not as much but he comes around Mm -hmm. dean is crazy like dean (laughs) dean oh my gosh dean is my 16 year old and he'll tell you he doesn't like people and he really doesn't but he almost seems like he has no emotion and then every now and then he'll just like drop like this total mic drop moment with this (laughs) like something that he says and everybody in the room is like holy crap like that's good and then he wow. just walks away like you're welcome yeah <laughs> like, he's like i'll oh. come back in a couple of weeks with another nugget <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's like the voice of reason but anyway so yeah. yeah so i i feel i feel certain that like somebody is listening that may have had a similar situation where 
maybe um, they had kids that were uh, not adults, but mm-hmm. old enough to know kind of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe like in your, in your case now, which obviously you've, you've had conversations with your kids, but right. um, maybe for a parent that feels like they need to share certain info with their kids mm-hmm. that may be difficult or, right. you know, emotional. It's like, you know, is that something that you feel like that the parent should initiate or is it something that you feel like they should wait until maybe the child or, you know, I say, I hate to say child, but like right. the kid, the teenager asks about it or, you know, is mature enough to really understand what's your, I mean, is there an yeah. answer for that? I mean, I think it, it probably, obviously, like, I think it comes down to each individual case and, mm-hmm. um, like there are still some things that I haven't even told Sierra, not because I'm keeping them from her, but just because I've only shared it kind of like age appropriate conversation, you know, like, yeah. Um, I was very open with them that yes, there was a lot of abuse. Um, and only recently with the older kids, have I, you know, told them like, listen, guys, I, I've seen a lot and a lot that I didn't want to see. And there are some things, situations I was put in that I didn't really want to be in, especially with Sierra. I've had these conversations, like mm-hmm. be careful who you choose, be careful who you, um, hang around with, be careful what becomes normal or, or, starts to feel normal, um, look for the red flags. You know what I mean? I've had a lot of those conversations, especially with her being my oldest daughter. Um, but yeah, I, over the years, a lot of times I would wait for them to ask a question and I would always try to be honest at the age appropriate level. Uh, Mm -hmm. the last thing I ever wanted my kids to ever think was that I was lying to them but I also never wanted them to feel like I was putting in anybody else in their family down. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, even though I felt a certain way about, you know, the things that happened between my, their father and myself, I really tried very hard not to be ugly in the way that I spoke about it, but instead to say, you know, there were things that happened that hurt mommy mm-hmm. um, or things that happened that, that mommy didn't like, try to, I don't know. It's really hard. yeah but you're also trying to like not shield them from everything you know I don't it's it's tough but I I, that's what I'm saying like yeah (laughs) I didn't know if there was an answer because obviously it's it's a very sensitive subject it's also very situational right um so I mean I think that you like articulated that very well in the sense of like you know you like you said you don't want to lie to them but you Mm -hmm. do in a sense want to shield them until you know, un- until they're ready, whatever that, whatever right. ready looks like. Right. Uh, I mean, I know at least in my case at 32 years old now, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just now talking to my parents about stuff that happened to me like right. as a kid, <laughs> like yeah. very, very young, but it was just, you know, the way I was brought up, you didn't talk about things. Right. Um, especially if it had to do with people that we know, because, you know, you didn't want to put somebody in a bad light or, Um, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'm going to be shamed or maybe I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) Like if I say this, so, you know, it's just, it is crazy. And I think that as a whole, we, we as humanity, not just we as adults or we as kids, but you know, we ought to be more open and feel like that we have at least somewhere that is a safe space to be honest. Like not everybody can handle everything. Right. That's exactly uh, right. You know, but I want to help to normalize therapy and counseling yes. 
And, you know, pastors and youth pastors, man, you can't, you can't pay them enough. <laughs> like pe- people, pe- I mean, seriously, people want to want to talk about how pastors get paid too much. And I'm just like, <laughs> um, do y'all think they only work on Sunday <laughs> right, mornings? Exactly. Like, are you serious? Right. Like you don't get um, a time clock to punch no. in and out. I mean, Mm-mm. man, with youth ministry, I'm sure you've been woken up by calls or texts uh, in the oh, hours of the morning. I, I've, been, I've been in a FaceTime conversation with a kid at like 1130 at night, you know, where I'm yeah. like, like, it's just, that's what, and the crazy thing is like Jason all the time, he's like, you never come to bed when I come to bed, but that's also because <laughs> Jason goes to bed really early. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Are you like 75? Like, um, like it's nine o'clock. Saying, come on, grandpa. Like, come on. <laughs> but I, I mean, like even last night, I was tired. I, you know, I was so tired, but I got, uh, an, you know, a 17 year old daughter and well, she's about to be 18 and I have a s- almost 16 year old, um, bonus daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and they wanted to talk. And so I'm sitting in the living room and we're just talking and mm-hmm. I want them to always know that I'm available to talk to them. And, and I always, I mean, I try really hard for them to all, like, there's no judgment with me. I mean, really, mm-hmm. my kids have told me things that I'm sure that other parents would be like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they come home, you know, and they're like, mama, I'm, you know, I can't believe this happened. Or, you know, I was in this situation. They're just really open and honest. Yeah. And, and we walk through, okay, well, that probably wasn't the best place for you to be. So what do we need to do differently next time? So you don't get put in that situation, you know, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, why do you think that, that you ended up there? Like what was the process that landed you in that particular situation, whatever the case may be. And um, they, it's crazy. Jason will tell, I mean, Jason would probably back me up on this. They tell me some things and I'm like, we all please, like, there are some <laughs> things I don't want to know, you know, like, like I'll have the table of girls. Like I have always had these girls. Um, I have a table of girls and they're like telling me, I mean, to, to some extent, I'm like, I know way more about you guys, like than probably <laughs> your, your doctors. And like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that, you know? Right. But I, I feel like you need to sign know. like some kind of HIPAA form or something like I had confidentiality. A student, this is no joke. I had a student one time and she, if she here, listens to this, she's going to know exactly who she is, but I'm not going to say her name, but, um, she, I'm, I'm not even joking. She legit texted me and she said, it's hurting when I'm peeing. And I'm like, okay, like, well, you didn't um, know you were a doctor too, did you? So how long has this been happening? And I'm like, right. <laughs> so I listened to her and I'm like, okay, what you need to do is you need to go tell your mom. I think you have a UTI. And she was right. like, I've never had a UTI before. And I'm like, it's, it's fine. Like you're, you're going to live like, you know, you will live to see another day and yeah. just go tell your mom you have a UTI and she does. And she ended up going to urgent care and she had a UTI and I'm like, okay, so this is what I do now. You know, I right. diagnose UTIs over yep. a text message, but <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and that obviously was not your child, but no. I think it helps when like, when these teenagers know that you have teenagers of your own and that like, there's probably nothing that you haven't been through yourself, talked about with your own kids or, you know, seen. And so these other kids just, you know, they feel comfortable enough to text you that before they even tell their parents or a school teacher or a doctor. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is off limits. I'm like, (laughs) can we, can we just not, I mean, there's like, sometimes my, I walk into a conversation in my house and I'll be like, Oh my God, 
I wish I had not even walked into this door. And then they're like, but will you sit down and talk to us now? And I'm like, well, fine. Here we go. Like, you know, I'm here now. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and, and Jason is, is a rare breed as are you. Uh, so even if he wants to be a grandpa and go to bed early, I think that it takes an extremely special person to, um, I mean, I say like to put up with like everything you're doing, but he but is. he's, he's so supportive. He doesn't he tolerate this or just like <laughs> turn a blind eye to it. No, like he is supportive of you and yeah. like he understands and man. So anyway, props to you, Jason Thornton, if you're listening to right? this, he better listen. Me. He'll text me sometimes. And like, especially on the weekend, like he's coming home from, I mean, he, so he's a police officer. I mean, I'll say that he's a police mm-hmm. officer. So he's just worked a 12 hour shift yeah. and it's a Friday night and he'll be like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, oh, well, pizza, because that's like, you know, Friday night staple, <laughs> and he's like, cool, how many kids we got at the house? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very valid question, because, yeah, I mean, shoot, it could be anywhere from, what, two to 20, or more. Like, seriously, Saturday night after going to Winter Jam, we had 15 kids that stayed the night. <laughs> oh, my gosh, and then, like, got up and went to church the next morning, right? Yeah, exactly. I had a Facebook memory come up yesterday I think from winter jam of 2016 when I took my youth group and I, I mean we probably had 20 or 25 like it took a couple of like yeah. 15 passenger vans and I realized in that Facebook memory we didn't just go to winter jam we actually had a lock-in the night before oh my where we God. stayed up almost all night and then Saturday morning we got up and we cleaned the church <sighs> and then we got lunch and then headed to Greensboro to stand mm-hmm. in line for like five hours mm-hmm. and then we all got up and go to church the next morning I said man I wish I had that energy again no, but I'm, I'm, I have I have a theory that Satan himself created youth lock-in <laughs> like he did you gotta mm-hmm. have somewhat of an itinerary and somewhat of like a bedtime even if it's just 3 a.m yes. like 3 a.m to 7 a.m look we're going to sleep somebody's got to keep watch I hate but... them I hate them like I loathe them so I I will like I will Look, I will overplan until there was one time I had a lock in for a group of kids. They had begged and begged and begged. I'm like, fine, we'll do it. So I do it. But I planned that thing out to like the freaking 15 minute increments. They were begging me to go to sleep. And I was like, oh no, uh-uh. no, we're going to get up now. We're going to have a relay race. You want to oh, lock in? Man. Here's your lock in. And they were like, never again. I'm like, yes. Dude, <laughs> I, went, I went to a friend of mine's youth ministry just last night. They had a bonfire and a cookout, and the kids were begging her to have a lock-in. Uh, and she looked at me, and she's like, Kiff, you're, you're coming with me if we do this. <laughs> and I was like, I think my lock-in days are gone. Right? So I don't oh. know. I might have to go for moral and emotional support for her if we do that, though. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, but we're going we to try to land this plane um, <laughs> before you skydive off of it. Uh, or out of it I should say so yeah so also we didn't really talk about that but you did go skydiving I did um back in the fall yeah I think when was your birthday uh September 13th yeah so you went for your birthday Uh you also went to Hawaii yeah um which I've been to Hawaii and I love it and I want to go back like I don't even care if I have to stay in a camper van again probably (laughs) I think I would actually choose that I'd rather do that than like stay in a resort Right. Uh, but give me like a 60 second, maybe you don't, you probably only need like 20 seconds of mm-hmm. how exhilarating skydiving was. Um, skydiving was the most incredible thing. I ate a cloud. <laughs> there you go. You know, like you that, ate a cloud. I did. 
oh full, man like, okay just, i mean like there's cloud like i am now part cloud so you know okay you that's that is better than any response that i could have imagined you saying <laughs> like skydiving <laughs> is dot 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 i ate a cloud <laughs> that right there <laughs> now i want to go skydiving i always have wanted to but i'm just like i'm scared it was um, so cool <laughs> Man, I have so many like I have so many rapid fire questions and I always go through my list depending <laughs> on who my guest is. And I'm like, man, like all of these are so cool. So I don't even know. I'm going to pick at random some of these okay. rapid fire questions. Cool. Uh, what's the last movie you watched? Oh, my gosh. I'm ter- OK. I'm terrible at remembering movies. Oh, man. <laughs> Crap. I don't even remember. It was like some <laughs> weird Apple mo- Apple TV movie. Oh, no, I know what it was. It was called Coda. That's what it was. Coda. I don't really watch okay. movies a lot because my attention span is really short. So Same. I, like, I'm, like, big right now watching, like, rewatching Criminal Minds. So, like, that, <laughs> I could, yeah. Like, I can watch Criminal Minds in the background and, like, keep doing, like, five wow. different things. But, yeah, there was this movie on Apple TV called Coda. Super cool. Anyway. Okay. Never okay. heard of it. But, hey, anybody <laughs> else, it's, it's Katie approved. Yeah, I approve. Coda is Katie approved. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is a sound that you hate? Chewing. Mm-hmm. Anything? Gum, food, yeah, chips? Just chewing and anybody. Chew. If I can hear you chewing, I want to murder you. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, what is something that can immediately bring you joy? Oh, baby laughter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you a coffee or a tea person? I am a creamer person. I'm just joking. Dude, <laughs> yes. You know, so I, mean, was- I like coffee, but I have to have creamer. Okay, and not yeah. powdered creamer or half and half, no, like no, a flavored no. creamer. So okay, yeah. so what's your go-to? Um, probably sweet cream or whatever. Is it sweet cream? Uh huh. Yes, sweet cream. Yeah. Right. Something it's sweet. I know. I don't really know how to describe that because it's not vanilla. No. But it's not just like half and half with sh- with sugar. It, no, it is different. It is. It, it's just sweet cream. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Last rapid fire question is: If you had to be remembered in one word, what would that one word be? Joy. Mm. I love it. Mm. And I can, I, I, I vouch for that. <laughs> I vouch for that. You do bring so much joy to the room. Like your energy Aww. is just infectious I just, in the best way. Know, I tell my students all the time, like joy, you know, there's a difference between joy and happiness, you know, and yeah. I can be full of joy even when something sucks and um that's what I want that's what I want that's my that's my goal is that even in hard times that I can be like you know what it's all good mm-hmm. I got it makes me feel yeah. like an old lady but <laughs> well I just want it's the a joy de- of the Lord. decision I mean it's you know it's it's a learned behavior and it's a decision because like you said circumstances may be unfavorable like it might be a sucky day but I decide to basically produce the fruit of joy out of my life because I'm like, hey, whatever. The wind is blowing. It might blow the fruit off my tree, but the fruit on the tree is going to be joy. Well, it's perspective, too, when you think, like, I know what I've walked through, you know? And it's like, mm. if I could get through that, I can get through today, you know? Yeah. Mm. One of my favorite scriptures is in Hebrews, where it's talking about Jesus walking up to the cross. And he says, um, or I guess Paul, whoever wrote Hebrews, says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised yes. the shame. And so sometimes, I mean, not that we have anything worth comparing to right. the cross and all of that that he went through, but right. it's like what we know is that he saw joy before him and that's mm. what made him endure through it. So I'm like, yeah. I love that. That's I love good. that so much. And I love you, Katie Thornton. I love 
love you too. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're going to be there on Sunday. Oh my gosh. We have Disciple Now this weekend. So Ooh. I don't know how, I mean, like Sunday morning, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That's so awesome. That's so good. Well, thank you for what you do. I mean, literally on a daily basis, it's not like a, you go to a social gathering like, oh, you know, what do you do? Like, no, it's literally, it's your day-to-day life yeah. of who you are more than what you do. Like, I can't, just, I can't get away from it. <laughs> no, I just, I appreciate you. And if people, like, if people know you, then they obviously will value uh, the heart and the hands and everything that you, you know, put forward. So I just appreciate you so much. You've impacted my life and blessed me in ways that I cannot even like convey to you and so many people have that same same story same testimony and i just appreciate you being on this podcast well, like thank you thank you for inviting wisdom me. and joy and <laughs> i'm I, they can't see your red hair but i'm gonna put a picture of your red hair on <laughs> yes. the cover graphic so they can see it when they're playing the episode i mean i was off i mean obviously i was supposed to be like fire engine red you know like, absolutely yeah. absolutely is there anything else that you want to say that we didn't already cover Oh man, I don't, I don't think so. I think just, man, just love, just find, find Jesus in your life and just love him without reservation. Like, and then love other people the same way. That's all I know to do. Beautiful. Man, you're awesome. You too, man. I love you. Love you. And I love everybody who's listening. So go out, like she said, go out and love people. Mm-hmm. like love the crap out of them yep i'm like are we, are we allowed to say hell yep it's my podcast yep. so i don't love the hell out of that's them. exactly Just, right because <laughs> sometimes especially teenagers they got a lot of hell in them <laughs> yep <laughs> all right well thank you and thank you everybody for listening to another episode of church talks hey before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of church talks Could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, That would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.